This is Toastcaster, your communication leadership and learning lab, with your host, Greg Gazin. Episode 127, Why Being a Caregiver is the Ultimate Leadership Role, with our guest, Rick Lauber. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of Toastcaster, your communication leadership and learning lab. Once again, this is your host, Greg Gazin, and we're back with another exciting episode. Today on our show, we have Rick Lauber. Rick Lauber is a former co-giver for both his aging parents. His mother had Parkinson's disease and leukemia, and his father had Alzheimer's disease. With the help from his two sisters, Rick assumed many newfound caregiving responsibilities. He learned that caregiving can impact a person physically, mentally, emotionally, and financially, and managed his own health and well-being by writing. Then he turned book author. Rick's initially published stories became the platform for two published caregiving guidebooks, The Caregiver's Guide for Canadians and The Successful Caregiver's Guide. Rick continues to actively write about caregiving and caregiving-related issues. And he is not new to Toastcaster. He was here back in July of 2016 on episode 69 when he talked about how Toastmasters helps authors. Rick Lauber, welcome back and welcome to the show today. Thank you very much, Greg. It's a pleasure to be uh, be with you again. It's funny how my thought of having you back on the show came about. I was preparing for an upcoming session. I'm a facilitator for Crestcom Leadership Development. And I had just read one of your blog posts and also saw one of your posts on social media. And then I had this light bulb moment thinking caregiving, leadership. If you think about it, caregiving seems to be this alternate leadership role, right? You have to make decisions, you have to delegate, you have to relinquish things. And, mm-hmm. But unlike a career, it's pretty close to home and it gets dropped into your lap. So Rick, tell us a little bit about your situation. I mean, it just wasn't one parent, it was both. That's exactly right, uh, Greg. I was, I call myself a co-caregiver for both my own aging parents. Uh, I worked not independently, but I worked with my two sisters, my older and my younger sister, to help and support mom and dad during their final years. Mom, as I said, had Parkinson's and leukemia. Dad had Alzheimer's disease. They actually both suffered at the same time, so it wasn't a matter of mom got sick, passed away, and then dad got sick and passed away. I had to deal with them both at the same time, which brought numerous... Uh, scheduling problems and others as well. As a co-caregiver, you know, I assumed a lot of new responsibilities, um, unexpected responsibilities, like helping them move numerous times, driving them to doctor's appointments, assuming financial responsibility for their bank accounts and paying their monthly bills, uh, helping to manage their, their financial investments providing transportation for them, uh, advocating for them. And, and in due course, you know, I became dad's joint guardian and alternate trustee when he became uh, unable to make decisions for himself. Now, obviously, this didn't happen overnight. It started to build itself up. But were you ready when it happened? Great question, Greg. No, I was not. And I'm, I'm alarmed and I'm shocked that I wasn't. I always say now that aging is a natural course of life. We all age, we all we all get sick, and we all eventually pass away. Uh, there is no fountain of youth. There is no magic fountain of youth. And but when mom and dad 
started to show the signs of decline, no, I was not ready. And neither were my two sisters. And we had to literally uh, tread water to try and, uh, you know, try to get up to speed on what needed to be done and what had to be done. So obviously you had a number of skills, obviously you acquired a number of skills. I mean, if we think of a leader in an organization, that individual is typically trained, they're career trained, they're they're ready for that role. At what point did you have to say, hey, you know what, I got to really take an inventory of my skills and find out what I can do and what I can't do? That was probably the early going uh, of the whole caregiving process. You know, my sisters and I, we had some good conversations about what each of us could bring to the table as a caregiver and what our own strengths and weaknesses were. For example, I was not terribly comfortable with, you know, personal hands-on care for either of my parents. You know, I became their banker. I paid their monthly bills for them. I managed their investments. Uh, you know, I helped move them. I, I put a lot of miles on my car, you know, driving them around from appointment to appointment. That's, that, was, that was my role. My older sister looked after more other departments. My younger sister, she's down in Calgary, so she helped from a distance. But each of us discussed our own strengths, our own weaknesses, and, and really decided what we wanted to do. It sounds a lot like in an organization when you have team building, right? A team has a job or they have a project that they're working on and you look and you take an inventory of what skills certain people have. Of course, there some of the tasks will be assigned to the people who are good at particular things who already have that particular skill, but then others will probably have to, to learn them. I think of job interviews and one common question is, what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? Managers, leaders, they want to know what an employee can offer them, and where best to slot them in. It, it makes no sense to, to slot somebody in where they uh, don't fit. It's like trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. It just doesn't work. Absolutely. Now, it's a little bit different when it comes to caregiving because you have, well, first of all, you're probably doing it on top of something else. So it's not necessarily just your career or your job. Plus, it's pretty close to home. It's pretty emotional. So how did that impact you? You're right. I, I, you know, at the time I was working, going to school as well for writing, you know, so what I ended up doing with that was scale down my working hours to part time. Therefore, I had more time to devote to mom and dad and to do the running around that was necessary. Definitely, definitely hit home emotionally. I mean, these are my, these are my parents. Uh, You know, these are the people that brought me up and raised me. It's, It's hard to watch them decline. But I think I stepped forward. I, I assumed responsibility, which I'm proud of, which you know, which I'm grateful for doing, and grateful for the opportunity to be able to do. The role taught me a lot of things. It taught me a lot about the leadership. Taught me a lot about my own personal skills and abilities, and made me grow in many ways. Did you have a surprise? Something about yourself that you thought you could never do, but were able to do? Probably doing the role. As a whole, um, you know, I never imagined myself being a caregiver or becoming a caregiver to to tend to mom and dad's needs. But I, I stepped in. I, I I wore those shoes, and I think I was successful in that role. I think I did the best job I could. So you were surprised at the amount or the number of things that you could do. Obviously, you said you can't do it all on your own. You got the help of your sisters. 
did it also give you an opportunity to, I guess, lack of a better term, delegate other tasks or maybe bring other people in to help with some of the things that the three of you obviously couldn't do? Definitely. We, we as a family, my sisters and I did do some delegating. We, we, we realized very soon, very soon in the process that we, none of us could do it all independently and we couldn't even do it all as a trio. We in due course, um, you know, hired a, a private caregiver for, for dad. Um, in addition to the care he was receiving in his, uh, long-term care unit, that was necessary. We reached out to others um, as well to delegate. Uh, you know, another another thing we did was find Dad a a day program. Um, you know, which we enrolled him in uh, for a couple of days per week, and and that gave my mother a great opportunity to to rest and relax and get some time off that she needed, uh, because you know Dad was becoming a burden to her. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, delegation is necessary. Unfortunately, caregivers don't always delegate. They they think this is their responsibility. This is their entire responsibility and their obligation, but it's not. And they feel guilty for not doing it. Very much so, yes. So as we're speaking, I'm thinking of all of the different skills, obviously dealing with social issues, problem solving, conflict resolution, organizational skills, project management, Emotional intelligence, That's, that was actually the topic that I was working on when I had this epiphany. Mm-hmm. And a lot of skills that, interestingly enough, can be transferable from things that you do in your everyday life. Definitely. I mean, I can, I can add more uh, to that list. I, I mean, yeah, good leaders are honest. They're confident. They inspire others. They have a commitment. They have a passion. Uh, they are good communicators. Um, you know, they show empathy. They delegate, they empower, they have a vision, they have a purpose. Don't all those qualities describe a caregiver as well? Yeah. It's great that you said you needed to delegate and there are things that you're not able to do, but sometimes you do need to bring in those trained professionals because as caregivers, we think that we have to become a trained professional, but sometimes we just can't do it. That's right. I mean, most, you know, I find that many family caregivers, such as me, uh, you know, do not have the background training or the background experience to bring uh, into caregiving. Uh, you know, for me, I do not have any healthcare background uh, experience. I'm not a I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a banker. I'm not a social worker. My background is communications, and yes, that helps me in 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 my caregiving role and what I'm doing now. But you know, I have no, I have no other relevant experience. So I had to learn on the job as, as many caregivers do. Would you consider yourself now an expert caregiver? I don't think anybody becomes an expert. I consider myself a better caregiver and a better person for having gone through that. Uh, you know, I certainly can advise on caregiving issues, provide some support, you know, along that line. But I guess I'm more of an expert, but I'm not, I'm not a complete expert. You're quite knowledgeable. If you had to pick out one thing that you know now that you wish you knew before, what would it be? I'd say prepare, start preparing early. Like I said, caregiving is to be expected. It's realistic. So be proactive, not reactive like I was. It's going to happen. So start making plans. Start those conversations with your elderly parents before it's too late. 
So you mentioned to me offline that this whole process that you had gone through lasted roughly a decade. What did going through this process teach you? What was something that you're taking away from it that makes you a better person or makes you a stronger person? Caregiving taught me a lot of things. It increased my self-confidence. It increased my awareness and my knowledge of, of mom and dad, who they were and what they liked to do and, and, and what was important to them. You know, it improved my relationship uh, ships with my two sisters. Uh, you know, it made me certainly more organized, more time sensitive. It taught me, you know, I learned that there were joys in caregiving as well. The negatives of caregiving are always stressed, uh, you know, through the media and elsewhere. Mm-hmm. But there are joys. I learned I could laugh at certain times during caregiving, and it was all right. It was perfectly acceptable. So I became more self-confident. Um, caregiving is not all doom and gloom. So although you're, you probably think to yourself as a natural tendency, you wish you could have done more, you certainly find joy in the fact that you did what you were able to do and more. You know, at this stage of the game, I believe I did the best job I could at the time. I believe that mom and dad would be, would be proud of, of the job that I did. Excellent. Obviously, you've learned a lot along the way, and you took your skill as obviously a, a writer and as a storyteller to publish uh, two successful books. Uh, first of all, congratulations on your books. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Tell us a little bit about them and who they're for, because there are two different titles and they're slightly different. Certainly. Uh, my first book, Caregiver's Guide for Canadians, is obviously for Canadian caregivers. Uh, you know, I, I started writing with my audience in mind as an adult caregiver, uh, somebody very much like me, uh, you know, an adult child, somewhere between the ages of, you know, even 35 to, to 50, who was faced with aging parents. You know, that was my experience. And that's what I that's what I discussed. However, in writing the book, you know, I learned, I, I realized that caregivers could be anybody. Caregivers are not only adult children, they are, they are friends, they are partners, they are spouses, uh, they can be parents looking after children. You know, it is an all-encompassing term. For that first book, I, you know, I shared some of my own caregiving story. I, I knew that was going to be important to bring to the table. You know, I talked about a number of different issues for caregivers, dedicated a chapter to each particular issue, uh, moving mom and dad into long-term care, caring for yourself, dealing with family dynamics, et cetera, et cetera. You know, those were individual chapters. Uh, at the end of the book, I, you know, I provided a, a chapter on website resources that are available across the country, um, locally, provincially, and, and nationally, provided website links that could be available for people looking for help. The second book, the, the Successful Caregiver's Guide, came a couple of years after the first book was published. Uh, that was for more of an American market. Honestly, it is, it is quite similar to my first book. However, I did Americanize that with talking about the medical system, the healthcare system down there, which is very, very different than Canadians. Obviously included American uh, websites as opposed to Canadian. Where can people find these books? I assume at your local bookstore, Amazon? Correct. Uh, Caregiver's Guide for Canadians is available at Chapters and Indigo bookstores across the country. It's available online at Amazon.ca. The Successful Caregiver's Guide is available at Barnes & Noble bookstores down in the States and online at Amazon.com. Okay. 
caregiving is, is certainly a huge topic area. As the population ages, I think that many of us are going to find ourselves in a position, we'll either become caregivers or we'll have someone close to us who will become a caregiver. Can you just offer one last takeaway? If you had to leave people with one thought, one thing that they could do to help them start this journey or make them aware of what caregiving is all about, what would it be? Certainly the uh, the the timely and the topical nature of caregiving, uh, as you touched on, is very important to realize. Uh, you know, one statistic, uh, a couple of statistics I can I can share from Stats Canada: more than eight million Canadians provided informal care to a family member or a friend in the previous year. Uh, you know, more than one million caregivers are older than sixty-five. Uh, as of the last Canadian national census, for the first time in history, there are now more Canadian seniors age 65 plus living in this country than there are Canadian children under 14 living in this country. And that is due to uh, aging baby boomers. That's only going to increase. So we are going to be, you know, caring is going to become more and more of an issue. Uh, you know, the one takeaway I can think of that is often overlooked is take care of yourself. Caregiving is not only about looking after mom, dad, a loved one, but also you have to remember your own self in that equation as well. You, you as a caregiver are similar to a car. Uh, you have to give the car regular maintenance, regular fueling to keep it on the road, to keep it running. And, you know, that's the same thing for you is you need to take care of yourself, you need to step back, to take breaks, to do things for yourself, to continue to being uh, as effective as a caregiver as possible and avoid burnout. That's certainly some sage advice and to just put things into perspective for our friends who are listening outside of Canada. The the number that Rick mentioned, 8 million, Canada has a population of roughly 37.5 million. So as you can see, that it number is a significant percentage. Very significant. Okay. And if someone wants to reach you, how can they find you? Uh, best way is to email me. You can connect with me through my website at ricklauber.com, R-I-C-K-L-A-U-B-E-R.com. Uh, the email link is there, but I will give that uh, to you as well. It's lauber.rick at gmail.com. Rick Lauber, Caregiver's Guide for Canadians and the Successful Caregiver's Guide. Once again, thank you so much for taking the time to appear on the program today, and I'm sure you'll be on again. Not a problem anytime. It's been too long, Greg. (laughs) Thanks, Rick. Thank you. Once again, this is Greg Gazin. We appreciate you tuning in. Now, I'm not sure how you joined us, whether you joined us directly through Toastcaster.com or iTunes, but either way, you can pick up the podcasts there. If you really enjoyed the podcast, we'd really appreciate if you took a moment to leave us some feedback on iTunes because it really helps with our ratings. Plus, also feel free to drop us a line. Tell us what types of things you're interested in, what your Toastmaster specialty is, or what kinds of things you like to speak about. And perhaps maybe we'll even have you on the show. This is Greg Gazin. Till the next time. This episode was sponsored by Corey Outsmarts the Butterflies. A new book by Greg Gazin, geared to ages 8 to 80. Whether you want to improve your speaking skills or build your confidence, this short read is suitable for all ages. It's available at outsmartingthebutterflies.com.